Thank you, Lord. If you don't know it, you're blessed today. But I believe you know it. I believe you know it. Um, one verse of scripture, then I'll let you be seated. Um, actually, not one verse, one passage, but just three verses. Acts 13, verses 1 through 3. It says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and uh, Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Last Sunday we talked about uh, the power to be witnesses and how that um, anyone we meet, uh, you know, we're, we've got to have a vision to see what God wants us to see in them and know that there is an opportunity for us to reach somebody. Everyone is a potential candidate for the mercy of God and, and for the grace of God and for the salvation that he provides. And uh, today we're going to talk about as we are empowered to be witnesses, but uh, we need spiritual direction. We need to know what to do with what God's give us. So let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, thank you for your word and for the instruction, the understanding and wisdom it gives. And Lord, we are the light of the world, your church. And Lord, I pray you'll give us the right direction to go, the instruction to follow so that we can do what you've called us to do and be successful at it. And we ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Isn't God good? All the time. All the time. So we're thankful uh, to be witnesses today. Uh, But we do need direction. Now, the scripture that we look to a lot when we talk about being witnesses in this world, of course, Acts 1 and 8, um, and it says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We talked about that last week, that uh, I'm not going to be headed to Jerusalem or Samaria anytime soon. But I make regular trips into Athens and into Winterville and uh, maybe over into Watkinsville or Bogart or Statham or, you know, there's different places that uh, we do travel. And we can uh, fill in the blank with those because that's where our witness will be seen. We have received power and uh, not just power to see how high we could jump, not just power to see how fast we could run, but power uh, to be witnesses, to take on the uh, the features of God. We are created in his image. And now that we have received his spirit, there is the power to be a witness for him unto the world. And because people wonder, so, well, what does it really mean when you continue reading through the books of, of Acts or the book of Acts? You'll see what the church was witnessing about. Everywhere they went, they were preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified and they were seeing souls saved and converted, and, and not just in uh, unknown little places uh, where nothing was happening, but they were standing before kings and, and uh, high-powered people testifying of Jesus. And so we're thankful today that we have that. There's, people think of power sometimes, and uh, there can always be a misuse of power. Sometimes people will ask a question, say, if you could have a, a superpower, what would you do? And people, well, I'd like to fly, and, and I'd, or great strength, things like that. But one of the most uh, the given answers is always, I'd want to be invisible. Because it's like, ooh, I could do a lot of things if I was invisible. You get in trouble for what you do uh, if you're invisible. And that, but that's like the top answer, invisibility, because I could just go where I want to go. Nobody know. I could do what I want to do. Nobody could see me. I could, and for the mischievous people, I could prank people and do things. People just would. I want to be invisible. But let me tell you, uh, he didn't give us the Holy Ghost to be invisible. That might be a pretty neat superpower if you had it. But uh, the power we've got comes from God. 
And the only one invisible in this relationship is him. But he's supposed to be visible through us. Because we're supposed to be like Jesus. And he was the express image of the invisible God. It doesn't mean that there was just his form. It's what looked like God. It was what he did in love. It's what he did in his actions. It was the mercy and compassion he showed. It was the authority that he spoke with and the, the instruction and wisdom that he gave. It was all these things, his works put together. And it was him doing what he was called to do. That he was the image of that true God. And that's how the, this world saw him. The scripture said we beheld God's glory as the only begotten of the Father. And so when people see us, they need to see the glory of God. Yeah. And you shall be a light to this world. That's what the scripture says. You'll be the light of the world and people will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So uh, it, it matters uh, what we do, what we look like. In, and if Jesus was the image of the invisible God, so should we. Because even Peter wrote that even though uh, you love him so much, you still haven't seen him. I haven't seen him, but people need to see Jesus in you and in me. They need to see Jesus in our church. They need to see in the actions, the way we walk and talk and speak. It all needs to point to him. But now that God has given us this ability to be these witnesses and uh, he gives us spiritual direction uh, to be witnesses. He doesn't just give us power and say, now just run free. Just do whatever you want to do. Uh, we must allow the Spirit of God. Jesus told the disciples before he left, now when you, this Spirit comes to you, when you're filled with the Spirit, said it will lead you into all truth. In other words, it's going to uh, pave the road for you. It's going to take you places. It's going to show you who to talk to. It's going to show you what to not do, what to do, where to go, where not to go. It'll close doors. It'll open doors. And But you have to listen to it, and you must allow the Spirit of God to lead uh, you and it should lead us to people who are hungry for God. Yeah. You know, we we everybody is a potential candidate, uh, but not everybody's going to listen to you. Right. And God knows who you can reach and who you can't, and He will put people in your path. And if you'll listen, the Spirit will lead you to those who are hungry, because God is not about setting us up for failure. He doesn't uh, set you up to just watch you work and see no results. God wants to see results too. And so he will put you in the path of people or send you to somebody who is hungry for a change in their life, who's looking for some answer to the hurt they're feeling. They're trying to find a way to get better and, and see some light at the end of the tunnel. God will put those kind of people in your life. And you've got what it takes to help them. That's the thing is uh, you, you can't just say, well, just, uh, hey, why don't you just come to church and you'll see what it's all about. Why can't they see what it's all about when they meet you? Why can't they hear what it's all about when they meet you? Why is it that, oh, you need to come only to revival? Yeah, I want them to come to church. I want them to be here. But there ought to be a lot of groundwork done before they get here. When you're meeting somebody, they ought to have some kind of idea. They shouldn't come in and say, wow, I didn't know this was the kind of church you went to. They should be able to tell what kind of church you go to before they ever get here. They should understand about what you believe before they even get here. Because that's what we are. We're witnesses. That's who we are. We are witnesses. That means we tell what we know. A witness will tell what they know either by what they have heard or what they have seen. Somebody says, well, uh, you believe that God can heal the sick? If you have seen that, then you tell it. We were just talking about uh, a miracle that my brother back there said he saw when a man prayed for a young lady, uh, just a little girl, one leg was shorter than the other. He said, I watched that other leg grow. You tell people that, well, you know, people will think you're crazy when you talk like that. They think what they want to. I saw it. We had prayer meeting here on a Monday night, and my daughter had scoliosis, and she was sitting over there against the wall, and one leg was shorter than the other. And then she looked down, she felt something happen, so she sat down up against the wall, and both feet were even again, and she didn't have that pain in her back. That's, that's how it happened. And we were all here that night. We witnessed and saw it happen. And so uh, you tell people what you've seen, what you know, and God will give you direction 
that scripture about having power, it doesn't just stop with saying you'll have power. Then he, he gives location for the witnesses. And if he did it for the first church, he's going to do it for this church. If the first century church had direction and had uh, a plan of where they would go and what they would do, so does this church. The church of this century has the same uh, kind of direction. And, and what he was talking about in one scripture, he was talking about preparation and direction. The Holy Ghost will prepare you to go and be a witness. If you try to go and witness without that spirit, it's hard. You, you're not going to get very far or very deep because it takes the spirit to make you a real witness of God. You can't really hear from God without that spirit of God. You need the Holy Ghost. And, and he said, I have given the church this power so that they can go where they need to go and do what they need to do. He has prepared us and he will direct us to people who are hungry for him. And that's where we find our opening text about uh, Barnabas and Saul or Paul where they were uh, getting ready to go out. But the church was changing a lot. A lot of things had happened. Stephen had been stoned and uh, the church was scattered because of persecution and different things were happening. And, but uh, there was a time where the church was really praying and fasting and seeking people. And uh, when you read about uh, Saul and and Barnabas, different ones, they had, had come back to Antioch. And it says that at this place, they stayed there a whole year, assembled themselves with these disciples for a whole year, stayed with them and prayed with them. And at Antioch, it says, is where they were first called Christians, Paul and, and uh, Barnabas there doing a work for the Lord. And uh, during a, a time of praying and fasting, uh, we see that God is getting ready to send them somewhere else to do something else. And after they had prayed and fasted and laid their hands on them, uh, they sent them out to do the work that they were called to do. And Paul and Barnabas were obedient to this. And they went out as evangelists from Antioch. They left a place where God was moving because now uh, they were somewhere else they needed to be. Uh, we must be obedient to the work that God has called us to do. And you don't customize or trim up your Holy Ghost and slice that witness part off of it. Some people are not big on being a witness. Well, I just, man, I'll be a faithful church goer. I will sit there and I will, you know, I'll give and I'll stand up when the choir sings and I'll amen when the preacher preaches. But man, just don't ask me to talk to nobody. Well, guess what? You're going to have to talk to somebody. You're going to have to be ready always to give an answer for that hope that lies inside of you. You're going to have to be ready to tell somebody. We used to, we used to sing the old song, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And hard to, to love somebody without speaking to them. Hard to show the love of God to somebody without speaking to them. Because uh, you walk up and hug them, they just think you're crazy. Uh, you know, that's why we usually, uh, if we, you know, this is a hugging church and sometimes people hug, but you know, it's always praise the Lord. They, at least they know where you're coming from. It's, it's not, you know, so you make sure you get that praise the Lord in there when you're doing that so that nobody just thinks you're being a little strange. Uh, but he sent these men out to be an evangelist and people think, well, evangelist is, you're, is somebody who's called and he's licensed and carded. Uh, we're all evangelists. An evangelist is simply someone who, to evangelize means to go and declare good news. So, you know, when you come in, somebody came in just a moment ago to say, I got some good news. You know what that was? That's evangelizing. It's sharing good news. And to be an evangelist is to declare good news and to preach the gospel. That's what it's about. And so uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 5, he said, do the work of an evangelist. Now, does that mean that, he, that uh, he had to wait for his card to come in the mail before he could go around telling people about the Lord? Every time you tell somebody about the gospel, and you tell them about Jesus loving them and giving his life for them and shedding his blood to wash their sins away, you are doing the work of an evangelist. When you're telling them that, hey, God can come through and he can heal you and, and bless you and, and take care of you and work out situations for you and nothing's too hard for the Lord, you're doing the work of the evangelist. 
That's what it's about. When you're uh, somewhere uh, out to eat and you see somebody and, and you uh, go over to them and pay for their meal maybe and speak to them, just encourage them, you're doing the work of the evangelist. And God will give you direction like that to, to speak to people. He'll put people in your path that you can reach and talk to. That You may, you may be in a place where they're only coming through that day. God will keep you. I wonder why I got hung up here today. And before you know what, you're talking with somebody. And you realize that God was wanting me to speak to this person. Yeah. Uh, we were here. I was here a good while. Uh, I think it was Thursday. Uh, just about the whole day. Uh, Thursday. And uh, they were coming by to work on the air conditioning unit up in the youth sanctuary. And so I was here doing some things. And uh, they got here. And the young man, me and him, would converse a little bit here and there. I, I didn't want to tie him up too much while he was working. and um, But... As we got to talking, we we started talking about church and some you know things in the church. And it was he happened to be here on a Wednesday night one time working when they were having service up there. The youth were having service. He said, "Man, they was having some church." He said they was speaking in tongues. And he said, "When I was little, he said only the grown ups spoke in tongues." And I said, "Well, that ain't how it is around here." I said, "There's children." I said, "We just had a young girl." A child just received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we we're going to talk. But he said, "Hey, preacher," he said, "Would you mind anointing me and praying for me?" I said, "No, I wouldn't." And so, uh, thankful there was a bottle of oil right there in the youth sanctuary, and I anointed him and prayed with him, talked to him, and encouraged him, told him to come on by here and see us. And uh, you know, he just had some things going on in his life, needed somebody to pray with him, and so. You know, I was getting a little tired. I was like, man, I'm ready to go home. But I realized that I was here for a reason. So that this young man could have somebody encourage him and pray with him and pray for him and speak to him. And, and hopefully he'll be here today. He said he may be here at the 12 o'clock service. I hope that he is. But uh, even if, if he doesn't make it here, I'm glad I was in a place so that when he needed someone to pray for him, you know, he may have been carrying that question around for, for days and just didn't have anybody that he felt like he could ask. But I'm thankful that God had me in a place where I could do that. And I hope that uh, to see him here. God will do that for us. He will let us do the work of an evangelist. And so uh, you wake up every day and say, Lord, put somebody in my path. If it's just one person, let me speak to somebody and give them some encouragement today. Let me share the gospel or testify about what you did to me. Whatever it is, just let me do something for you. God will direct you. But before he directs you, he will prepare you. There's going to always be preparation. The script, so much scripture talks about that uh, when it told us, uh, Jesus told the parable about counting the cost. And uh, so we must count the cost before we just take off into something or we may get in the middle of it and not being able to finish it. And uh, so before you start building on something, make sure you're able to do it so that you can actually finish it so that it doesn't become uh, you know, a proverb to the people going by. Well, look what they started, but they couldn't finish and so God's not going to tell you, hey, go preach an eight-week revival when you uh, don't even know the first scripture. You know, he's not going to, uh, if he gives you a, a vision of that, it'll be for an appointed time. But you're going to get some preparation before you go. There's going to be some uh, groundwork done before you are done. God's going to work on you. And, and so last week we talked about having a vision, seeing the big picture that God wants to save this world. God will give us spiritual vision so that we can understand there is a work to be done. And spiritual vision, when it's accompanied by prayer, it will give birth to spiritual direction. You're not going to get a whole lot of direction without prayer. Praying's uh, kind of hard for some people. They, you know, they, uh, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do when I'm praying. But, but you need to practice your praying. You need to spend time in prayer and talking to God. And, and he will prepare us just like he did Barnabas and Saul in that prayer room. They, they were praying and fasting, laid their hands on them, and then sent them to do the work. But before they just sent them out the door, there was some praying and there was some fasting, and it was through the direction of the Holy Ghost. We must learn to hear his voice so we can be led by the Spirit for those that are hungry for God. Uh, there's uh, Paul told the church in Rome that we are to be conformed to the image of of his son. And so there's a, an image that we need to do. But you know, 
to conform to that, it's going to take some preparation. There's some things you've got to do so you can be like him. I was saying I want to be like Jesus. Don't make it happen. Just like waking up saying, well, I'd like to go to church today. Well, you know what? You had to get up. You had to take a shower, hopefully, and uh, clean up. And then maybe you shaved or, or brushed your teeth. You know, you did some things. You ironed your shirt, got dressed, got in your car, got here. It, it didn't just happen because you woke up and said, wow, I want to go to church today. Uh, there were some preparations made before you uh, hit the road, before you actually got here. And uh, so we need to work on preparing ourselves so that we can be in the image of the Lord. There's two, two destinies that you have in this life. One of them is to be like Christ, and the other one is to be you. You need to be like Jesus. That's a, that's a destiny we should all strive to fulfill, to be like him, to be like Christ. But you also are going to be yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that because yourself, if you're living in the image of Christ, be yourself, that's going to make you a great witness wherever you are. If you are a mechanic or a brain surgeon or a janitor, Wherever you're working, if you're living in the image of Christ, you're going to be able to be an effective witness where you are. And so you can uh, talk to people on your job that I will never see probably or ever talk to, but you can. And so uh, you need to be like Christ, but then you need to be yourself. You don't say, well, uh, I'm going to be like Jesus, so I'm just going to quit work. Uh, How are you going to pay your bills? You know, how are you going to provide? There's nothing wrong. I get this question from college students a lot. What should I major in? What do you like? I'm, I'm not your life coach. I don't, I'm not your counselor at the school. I mean, what do you like? Do you like animals? Be a vet. You like cutting up things? Be a surgeon. I don't know. Be, you, know you, want to, you like working on cars? Be a mechanic. I, I, I don't know. What do you like? You know, I, I, some of them are, uh, you know, I, they, you start feeling it. And, and I understand, you know, going through the process of trying to decide, want to pick the best thing. and But you get so nervous, you can't pick nothing. God doesn't care if you're an accountant. No, you can be Holy Ghost filled accountant or a heart surgeon, you know, or you can be a Holy Ghost filled deer processor. We got some of them. I know some of them. I use them regular. So it's... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, you can witness for God wherever you are. And if you're just a student right now, hey, guess what? Holy Ghost filled students and can witness on campus. You can, you can be Holy Ghost retired. What about that? Not retired from the Holy Ghost, but you can be retired and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and, and reach your people down at the park playing checkers or whatever it is you do or senior citizens or whatever, whatever it is. But what I'm saying is you're going to be you. While... The Holy Ghost changes us and it helps us to be new creatures. But guess what? I'm still me. When God got a hold of my life, I was still, the next day, I was still working at the same place. He didn't change my job. So I just came into my job. The old man clocked out on Tuesday afternoon and the new man, or on Wednesday afternoon, a new man clocked in Thursday morning. And I come in talking about people getting baptized and being saved and they was like, they didn't know if I was on something or had took something or been brainwashed. They was like, because I'm telling you, literally, in a day's time, I went from hanging out and saying things I probably shouldn't say to telling people about the Lord. And so it, there was some skepticism there at first. Okay, we'll see how long this lasts. Well, uh, you know, into about three or four weeks, a year of it, they're like, I guess he's serious. You know, but I... I was the best witness I could be in the place I was at because that was a a field I had to work in. And uh, that's what I'm trying to say is that God prepared me, though, to do that. He let me experience. He let me see. And and, uh, it was through prayer and and fastings and studying of his word and learning 
uh, and God was putting people in my way. I had people that would just they say, come here on break. Can we just sit and, and you show me some stuff in your Bible? And, and I would sit because they had questions about things I had been talking about. And we would sit and, and had 15 minutes of break time. And I was trying to pour as much scripture into them as I could. And, and, uh, or debating sometimes. It, I, I try not to argue with people, but some of them, boy, I tell you, they just wanted to argue. And you, it, it was hard sometimes not to, but you just try to show them, uh, you know, just show them what the Word says. It'll stand on its own two feet. You don't have to uh, try to make it any better than it is. The Word's perfect like you find it. So just give them the Scripture. That you can't do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. So it's, they can't, no matter what they say, they can't change the truth. And so uh, be like Christ, but be yourself, and then uh, you're going to be able to reach people that you never know that you'd be able to reach. Uh, the Lord told the prophet Isaiah, said, this is the way, walk ye in it. God's going to give you direction, where to go, who to talk to, who to reach, and give you what to say. He told his disciples, don't worry about what you're going to say in that day. Don't, don't be worried about it. I'll give you what to say. And so God will give you the right things. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Don't jump ahead of God and say, oh, what's them scriptures I was just reading? And you're trying to tell them things and you can't put it together and it's confusing them more than they already were. Just listen to what God wants you to say. Listen to what they're saying. It helps you to communicate with people if you'll listen to them first. Let them, uh, that was one thing that Brother Everhart, if he taught me anything, was to just sit there and look at people and make them uncomfortable and listen to them. Because whenever I would go to talk with him for the first 10 minutes, he didn't say a word. Just looking at me with them dark eyes. I was like, and then when I, I knew when I started rambling, I'm done. And he knew too, and then he would weigh in on what I said. And so I, I learned if you'll listen to people and let them talk, you can kind of find out what you need because if you just, you know, if you're trying to buzz in like you're on a game show, you're going to give the wrong answer a lot of times. Yeah. Quit jumping in on the first word. Let them say what's on their heart so you can give them something from the Lord because you're not a mind reader. And unless God says, hey, just cut them off and let's just tell them, hush up and listen for a minute, you don't do that. You just sit there and you listen to them and let them say what they need to say. Uh, and then you can help them and, and give them some direction. Direction will always require preparation. If you're going to get direction, there's going to be pre preparation made for it. And so when you're praying, God, give me direction, and then you're going about doing your, your own thing and, and still doing what you want to do, you need to stop sometimes or you'll keep walking in the wrong direction. There's nothing worse than if you're lost to just keep getting more lost. You know, stop. They'll tell you that when you're out in the wilderness. If you feel like you're lost, stop. Quit walking and get your bearings. Look around. Look at the sky. They, they teach you things about see where the sun's at so you know which way you're facing. They, you know, but you get, if you start panicking and just take off running and you run off the edge of a cliff or down in a ditch or into a snake pit, I don't know, but you, you know, something just stop for a minute, look around, see where you are. You need that preparation so you can get that direction and to receive the spiritual direction that will, will guide uh, not just the big picture. You know, so many times people are uh, they're only, only worried about, i got to get to heaven. That should be high priority. But from the time that you are born again to the time that you actually get to that point, it might be a lot of years. There's, there's people in here that have served God a lot of years. You know what we need? We need direction for the day to day. Lord, I, I'm ready. You should be ready to go every day. But you should be ready to work every day. You shouldn't just fold your hands and kick back and say, I've, you know, I've tore down them barns and built bigger barns and now I'm not going to do anything else. Uh, you should be uh, like, okay, uh, I'm ready to go to heaven. I've prayed. I've made sure I've cleared myself. I'm ready. If you call me today, I'm ready to see you, Lord. But if you don't call today, who can I speak to? Who can I work with? I, I, how, how do I 
walk in this day. Give us this day our daily bread. What, what do I need to do today that I could be a light for your kingdom and I could work for your kingdom? And, and uh, so, you know, the older we get, you know, heaven gets a little more real and you start thinking, hmm, I'm, I'm a little closer now than I was far away. Of course, I don't even know if you can really say that. Because none of us is promised tomorrow, so you know, there's some that's younger than us that we don't even know it. They're just a step away. But, but you know, when you get older, you start thinking about those things a little more frequently, like mm, getting uh, a little closer to that time going home probably. And uh, you know, so I want to be ready for that. But I don't want to just sit down and do nothing because I'm waiting on that. You know what I'm saying? And God's trying to give us direction because he's like, before I come back, there's several more people you need to speak to. There's some folks you need to pray for. There's some people, some messages you need to preach so, so you don't stop. Somebody asked Brother Everhart one time, said, uh, when are you going to retire? He said, how do you retire from this? Yeah. Tell me. If there's a, how do you retire from preaching the gospel? And I understand what they were saying. They were talking about uh, actually having the role as a pastor and things like that. But, but he, he said, how do you retire from living for God. You don't. You live for him all the way to the end. I, I think about uh, Sister Pledger and, and, and what a great age she lived to and how up until she just couldn't do it, man, she would be in church and she would get on her feet and hold on to the front of that chair or the back of that chair and she would just bounce while we were worshiping. You know, she, uh, she did all she could do up until she couldn't do. And she had uh, no desire to miss church even when it was that uh, got to that age, she just got to a point she couldn't anymore. But that's the way I want to be. Is I, and I'm going to go until I just can't go. I want I want to give it all I got till I just can't give it no more. And uh, I, I want to make sure that I am uh, prepared for the day to day, not just the big picture. And when you spend time in prayer and fasting and study and things like that, it will let you know what you've got on the agenda for today. God will let you know today. You'll, you'll, you'll run into them at the gas station. You'll uh, bump into them in the hallway at school or something. But God will give you direction just for the day today. I don't want to be just a, a, a Sunday to Sunday Christian. I, I'm only worried about the Lord on Sunday. What about the days in between? What about those days in between? I think about in the days, it said in the days of Noah while he was building that ark. It says, in the days while the ark was preparing. What were those people doing in all those days that they could have been getting right? All those days they could have been seeking God. But it said, in the days that were before the flood, while the, there was a time that they could have been doing something else. But they weren't. And I don't want to be found, because uh, it said it'd be like it was in the days of Noah. I don't want to be in that, that part of that day where people were just going about their own business, not concerned about anybody else, and then that flood come and catch me unaware. I want to be ready to meet the Lord, but I want to be getting ready and doing something every day, working on whatever it takes to get me there and somebody else there. I'm sure there was room for at least one more person on that ark. That's a big, big boat. I'm sure there was room for at least one more person. But where were they? Not worried about it. That's, uh, I want to make sure I'm doing what I need to do every day. We are witnesses. God will give us direction. But before he gives you that direction, he's going to, or sends you out, he's going to prepare you. In Proverbs 11 and 30, it says, He that winneth souls is wise. Wisdom is what leads us to understand that we must examine ourselves before we start trying to uh, be his witness and win somebody. You know, you got to have some wisdom to understand, hey, can I even be a witness right now? Am I in the place to do that right now? I've had young men that in our church that said, hey, so-and-so called me, wanted to know, uh, could I uh, come and speak? And I said, I told them, I said, you're not ready for that. You say, whoa, you stopped them? Yeah, I did because I stopped them because they're not ready for that. In, a, in time, I t and I explained to them, I didn't just say no and give no answer. I talked to them about it. I, I told them, I said, you've got to understand. I said, what do you know about what you're about to, if you accept what you're about to get into? And they said, you know, I, I didn't feel comfortable with it anyway, but I wanted to ask you about it. I was like, 
you're just not there yet. You're on the way, but you're not there yet. So I said, you don't want to go and you be so uh, conflicted in yourself that you can't even say what God would try to give you to say. I said, you're just not ready yet. God's preparing people and getting them ready, uh, but you need to use a little wisdom and you, you know, just don't jump. If somebody would call me t- today and said, hey, I want you to come to Malaysia and hold a 18-week revival, I'd say, I can't do it. I know nothing about it. know nothing about the country. don't know anything about the people. Uh, I try to gather some information, try to figure out, uh, you want me to put it all together and do it. I'm not prepared for that. And so you use wisdom before you just jump into something. You can't, uh, you, you need to have enough wisdom to know uh, what your limitations are and where you are in your walk with God. And so he that wins his souls is wise. You know why he wins them? Because he's wise. He doesn't talk about things he has no idea about. You know, if you don't know anything about end times, don't try to talk about it. Because you're going to look silly. You better really be praying and studying if you want to start talking about people. Hey, give me a Bible study on the end times. Sure, I'll do that. And you don't know nothing about it. Now everybody's in a mess. You need to make sure you know your limitations. and uh, So don't just jump into things. When people ask a question, if you honestly don't know the answer, don't, you know, just be like, hey, let me get back to you. Don't try to come up with an answer. Don't try to uh, create one and, and, and then find out when you're studying, oh, I told them wrong because they already know you told them wrong too. And now your witness has been hurt. Wisdom. Uh, it's not just about saving the lost. It's about us being wise witnesses for the Lord. In Proverbs 24 and 27, it, it tells us to prepare our work without uh, it, it, and then in the field and, and get it ready for ourselves, make it fit for ourselves, and then build a house. In other words, do a little preparation before you start trying to build. Don't try to build a house if you don't have the means to support it. Prepare before you go into the building project and before you just jump off on an evangelist field or a missionary field or try to start a church, you better make sure there's some preparation that's happened in your life. And when you get ready to go win the world, make sure you have spent time praying and studying and that you actually know what the word of God says, because we want to be good witnesses. And I want to get direction from the Lord. Sometimes people say, I've been praying, but God just hadn't given me direction. Then maybe he's still working on you. Maybe that's why that door hasn't opened yet. You're not ready to walk through it. But when you're ready, the scripture says your gift will make room for you. And so when you're ready, that door is going to open. And when that door opens, ain't no man can shut it. So you just let God open up. Quit trying to get ahead of God and, and quit being so frustrated. I'm praying for direction. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Just stand still then. Don't be like that person in the woods just running around in circles getting more lost. Stand still. See where you're at, and then wait to walk out. God will lead you. He, he'll do that. Prayer and fasting. You just don't, hey, even Jesus told his disciples, hey, how come we couldn't cast this spirit out? This one only comes forth by prayer and fasting. You wasn't prepared for it yet. There's nothing against you. You just wasn't prepared yet. He wasn't, I'm not going to scold you. I'm not, this one comes forth nothing but by prayer and fasting. Well, why would they be fasting? Jesus said they're not going to fast while the, while the bridegroom's still here. So, but the time's coming when they will be fasting. So Jesus knew, I'll handle this one and I'll give them a little lesson to go with it. You've got to have some preparation before this comes on. Or you'll be like those guys in the book of Acts that went and said, let's go cast the devil out by this Jesus that Paul preaches. And they ended up losing that battle because they were not prepared and they were not instructed of the Lord to go do that. They went on their own accord trying to make a name or reputation for themselves, and they lost. I don't want to lose. I want to go by the direction that God gives me. I want to have that spiritual direction. So uh, we must uh, pray fast and prepare. And once we are spiritually prepared to be empowered witnesses, God will give us direction to those who are seeking him. Peter had the keys, he'd been preaching, he'd been uh, you know, instrumental on the day of Pentecost. And, uh, but now, God is uh, about to send him in a direction he never thought he would go. 
But while he's in one place in another city, a man by the name of Cornelius is praying and fasting and seeking God. And the angel comes and says, send for Peter. He's going to come tell you words and tell you all what you ought to do. Peter gets a vision as well. We talked about this last week, the, the sheet let down and, then, and rise, Peter, slay and eat, not so, Lord. I've never had anything unclean. He said, what I've cleansed, you don't call unclean or common. And he's getting some uh, preparation. And when, as this vision is ending, it comes a knock at the door, and here's the guy saying, hey, you need to come with us back to Cornelius' house because God has sent for you to come tell us what we ought to do. God didn't send him until he prepared him. But when he got there, he found a man that was hungry. It said Cornelius, even though he was a Gentile and really didn't know God, said he was a devout man. He feared God. He prayed, gave alms. He, you know, he, he really was seeking for the right direction. And so God sent a man to feed a hungry man. God will give you what it takes to feed those that are hungry for him. But please listen to me. Wait so you don't discourage yourself or anybody else. Let God direct you and let God prepare you. If you won't let God work on you, you're never going to be really prepared to be a witness to anybody. And even to those closest to you, we need to make sure that we are ready to be a witness, even in our own household, you know, to our families and different ones. And, and uh, so you, you never know. God has prepared you or preparing you to be that light in your family. We get a lot of young people here that they are the, their first-generation apostolics. They come from the high schools and out of college and things like that, and nobody else in their house is apostolic. Nobody else in their house go, even goes to church, maybe. And so they just don't know. Well, guess what? And I don't know if any of them's in here today, but listen, don't be trying to jump on them and, and, and force them into the bathtub and baptize them the f first time you get home telling them about Jesus. Let the Lord work on you. You just, a little bit at a time, they'll see your witness day by day by day. And as they're ready, they'll be able to receive it. God will have to prepare them. And so uh, I know because I'm first-generation apostolic, I know. I was the first one in my household uh, to, to come into this truth. And, and uh, so I worked on uh, uh, being a witness to my mom and my dad and my brother and those that were in my house. And thankfully, my mom and my brother are here today. And, and uh, I've baptized my dad in Jesus' name. And so, you know, uh, God will put the people right there. He'll give you direction how to do it. But you've got to learn how to wait and let him prepare you. Philip was in the middle of a big revival, and the Lord said, hey, take off and take this path. I want you to head down toward Gaza, and you're going to catch this guy on a chariot. That's very precise direction. But he didn't send Philip until he was able to help this man. The man was driving along reading the scripture, but he didn't understand what he was reading or who he was reading about. And when Philip catches him, do you understand what you're reading? How can I unless somebody tell me? And so he gets in the chariot, takes that scripture, starts right there, preaches Jesus unto him. He couldn't do that unless he was prepared. And now he's ready to preach Jesus unto him. He's ready to preach the truth and the gospel to this man. And when they, he preaches to him in such a definitive way that when they come upon water, the chariot stops and the eunuch says, here is water. What does hinder me from being baptized? And he said, if you believe the words that I have told you, then you can. Both of them, he says, I believe. They both go down into the water. And when they come out, the spirit of the Lord catches Philip away. The eunuch looks around, don't even see him anymore. But he hops in his chariot and goes about his way rejoicing because uh, now uh, he, he didn't know about Jesus. He didn't know about salvation, but now he does because somebody was prepared and, and was ready to go feed somebody who was hungry. I don't, you know, Philip uh, could have been doing anything, but God said, there's one person sometimes I need you to get to, and he'll give you very precise direction to, to make that encounter. Honey, if you'll come on up to the music, I'll... I'll cut through and try to try to finish up. But we need to make sure that as empowered witnesses of the gospel, that uh, you know, as being a Holy Ghost filled witness, that we don't let uh, what we do 
uh, not match up with what we say. We need to be a faithful witness. It's you know, kind of like the old term, practice what you preach, or uh, you know, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. You can say, uh, you know, you know, you believe in the Lord, and, and uh, man, I, I love Him, and I, I'm working for Him. But if your actions are not matching up with what you say, you're not going to be a very faithful witness. The writer, author, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he has a quote that says, What you are stands over you the while and thunders so that I cannot hear what you say to the contrary. In other words, you can be saying you're one thing all day long, but it's what you do that lets people know who you really are. And so we want to make sure that uh, what we're doing doesn't destroy our witness. It doesn't kill and cancel out what we're trying to say. We need to make sure that we are being faithful witnesses of the Lord. I want to be, whatever I say, that's what I want to be. If I say I'm apostolic, then I want to live apostolic. If I say I believe in this word of God, I want to live by this word of God. I want to uh, say and talk and preach and, and teach the things that I know are in Scripture, not just things that are in my head. I want to, I want to be a faithful witness. Because there's, there's always ways that men think, man, I think I might could do that a little better. We even think that sometimes about when God gives us direction. Wouldn't it be better like this, Lord? You going to tell me you had never said that? And, uh, and boy, he's so good, he just tolerates us, don't he? Long-suffering, long-suffering. Let's stand together. God will give you direction. He's going to give you directions to get to heaven, but he's going to give you direction for every day. Because first and foremost, that job that we have on this earth is to be a witness light of the world salt of the earth however you want to label it it's being a witness because this world needs salvation but you know even past being saved they've got needs they've got troubles they've got you know you could get them repented baptized filled with the Holy Ghost but they could still have addiction problems they need help they could still be have depression problems or, or you know, uh, marital problems or you know, all kind of things they could have. Uh, it don't all that stuff don't just go away. They could even have legal problems. Yeah. Hey, you know, you could be baptizing somebody with about twelve outstanding warrants. Guess what? They're gonna go to jail, but they can go full of the Holy Ghost and baptize in Jesus' name. And so uh, we 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 know people that that's happened to. It doesn't change. I know people that, uh, you know, had cirrhosis of the liver. They came in, repented, baptized, filled the Holy Ghost, lived the life of God, preached, pastored, did all kinds of things, died from cirrhosis of the liver. It didn't change it, but, but it changed them. And so we want to get ready for the day by day, and we want to get ready to, you know, yes, we want people saved. That's got, but then you've got to realize that it's, you know, sometimes people... They want to know that there's hope for their situations even before they know about being saved. You, you, you may start on that end before you, oh, you go, because if you walk up to them and they're hurting and got all kind of trouble, so well, first of all, let's make sure you don't go to hell. And then we'll worry about, you lost them. Wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Use a little wisdom. Make sure we're getting the, the moat out of our eye before we start working on the beam in their eye. Use a little wisdom. There was a missionary by the name of Jim Elliott. I'm sure you've, maybe you've heard of him. I hope uh, it's an incredible story. They made a movie about it called The End of the Spear. Uh, him and five others back in 1956, they were killed by uh, AUKUS Indians. Uh, they had tried hard to establish a relationship with these, these natives. And uh, over time, they felt like they had reached a point where they could finally go into their area their village area their jungle area they they would get on a beach and uh they built a little hut so they could wait there and they would wait for some of them to come out and they actually had a little encounter that uh went pretty good they had ate some food communicated a little bit they had been building this up over a, a, a 
good amount of time. And, uh, you know, it went, went real good. Even took one of them up in their plane, took him on a little plane ride and tried to, you know, really make a connection. Felt like they were doing the right things. And, and then uh, when those group got ready to go, they, they said, you know, bring some more back when you come back the next time. And a couple of days later, a couple of women came out of the jungle and they got excited and they were, all right, here comes some more. But behind these women came out some warriors some, and they all had spears and it wasn't to come and fellowship but they, they killed all five of these missionaries on that beach and uh, but that wasn't the end of it because later even this Jim Elliott's wife went back and worked in that village um, and uh, uh, and part of one of the other missionaries family they went back and worked with the people that killed their husbands and preached to them and worked with them and loved on them and showed them compassion and and that's incredible but they went there knowing we could die here but God has directed us here and what he did was God sent them there and said you're going to be a stepping stone in these people getting reached you'll give your life for it and then somebody else will build on the foundation you've laid and that's what happened but Jim Elliott said this, and he, there was an entry in his journal, and he said, kind of like a prayer, he said, Father, make of me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. That's the way I want to be when I meet people. I want to. I want to be directed by the Holy Ghost. I want to have such a witness inside of me that it it just directs people that hey, you're going to have to face this. This is who's in, inside of me. If you want to know how I got to be who I am, it's because of the Jesus that's living inside of me. I, I want people to have to come to a decision because there is a God that loves them, and and I want them to see that love of God shining through me. So, uh, God will direct you to people like that. God will direct you to people like that. I've prayed with people on the job, on my jobs, in their homes. Prayed for them for healings. Prayed for them for miracles. Prayed with them till me and them both were speaking in tongues in their kitchen. And that's, if I had to say anything I missed about working, that's the one thing I missed was all the people that I got to see just out like that and, and, and witness to them and pray with them things. But I wouldn't trade this for nothing. But God will give you direction. Let's lift our hands and just... Thank him, and then ask him, God, give me direction for the day by day. I'm ready to go to heaven one day, Lord, but what do I do tomorrow? If you tarry, what do I do next week? What, what do I do? Who am I supposed to reach? Who am I supposed to witness to? What am I supposed to do, God? Oh, we thank you, Lord, for filling us with your spirit, making us, uh, those of us, we, Lord, we weren't worthy, but you've made us the light of the world. You've grafted us into the vine, made us part of the body, and we're so thankful today. Let us be a good witness, and let us be directed always by your Spirit. May we know that will bring us the, and the kingdom the most success. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. I'm thankful to be a witness for the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray for a few moments before the next service. We'll see God do some great things. God bless you.